Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Scott Galloway, your quantum computing co-host. Quantum. I'm going quantum, Kara. <laughs> you are so not quantum in so many oh, ways. Oh, quantum. Um, we're back from California, actually. That's what we're back. Yeah. I'm in New York, and you, God knows where you are. I don't even want to I'm know. I'm in the only place um, in the have... world that doesn't have a spectacular fall, Florida. Worst weather in the world during fall. All right. I'm so glad you're yeah. there. Um, listen. You got something to brag about this week. Let's go for it. Take your lap, little dog. What's my lap? I want you to call it out. I'm going to act humble here. I have no idea what you're talking about, Kara. <laughs> it's the biggest story of the season, the stunning conclusion to the Adam Newman WeWork saga. Yeah, but you know what? And, and trust There's me, so much. I'm not someone to be humble here. I, I'm getting actually, yeah. and I, I appreciate it. I'm getting more credit than it's due. Uh, I think his name's Elliot Brown of the Wall Street Journal. Uh, yes, Shira, amazing report. Shira Ovide, and I don't know if I'm saying her her name correctly. Yes, you are. And then a guy named Matt Levine at Bloomberg. Matt is amazing. Jesus. They're amazing. Every time reporters. I read Shira and Matt, I'm like so jealous and angry that I'm like, think I I, I'm so pissed off I didn't write that. You must get that a lot. You must get that a no, lot. No, I. What being jealous? No, not usually. Yeah, but those, I'm usually up there when I was. Those guys, I I was usually. I, I'm getting a ton of credit. I'm not sure it's 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 earned yeah. to be honest, but it, uh, you it earned it. It's the commentary that really brought it. It's it's a combination. It's like with the Uber story. There were a lot of reporters involved in in that particular one, um, but let me go through it very quickly. Yeah. SoftBank is paying Adam Newman 1.7 billion dollars to leave and leave his stock behind. It includes a 185 million dollar consulting fee. I'm not sure what he's going to consult on, partying, I guess. Uh, the company needs the last-minute funding uh, to fund the, to afford the severance packages of 2,000 employees it plans to lay off on the 15,000-person workforce. And they uh, they uh, internally confirm layoffs that have not been announced in publicly. Scott, we, go take this apart, please. So supposedly it's, it's 4,000 employees. But think about this. You had to give – I mean, he's the equivalent – and I'm going to get a ton of shit for this – but he's the equivalent of an information-age terrorist because he – realizes he has controlling shares. So he basically said, and he also correctly, I mean, this guy is this guy is the smartest person in the room, Adam Newman. He really is. Mm-hmm. He realized that that the most important thing to Masayoshi-san was one, saving face, and two, giving Vision 1 Fund any chance of recovering and potentially having a Vision 2 Fund. So he said, well, look, boss, you fucked up. You gave me control of this company in the form of super voting shares. And I'm yes. not going to approve the deal unless you unless you convince me. So they came up with a buyout structure where they're going to they're going to repurchase share three billion dollars of people's existing shares, which is just stupid to begin with. And then they said, okay, Newman's not going along. He still controls the company. He's going to potentially opt for a package, a rescue package, put together by his own personal banker, Jamie Dimon, who he gave fifty million dollars to regardless of whether or not they chose that package. So J.P. Morgan walks away with $50 million for creating a stocking horse bid. And he said, I'm not leaving the room. I, you know, I'm, I'm not leaving unless you give me mm-hmm. X. And they said, okay, well, enough shareholders have agreed to sell at this ridiculous valuation of $8 billion because they're, they want to get the hell out of Dodge and they realize this thing's worth less than zero. But Adam said no, so they had to top it up with another $185 million consulting fee. So the smartest Amazing. person in the room is – is Adam Newman. And Adam Newman, you know, the, the reporting has been that SoftBank has bent over backwards for Adam Newman. No, SoftBank was bent over by Adam Newman. I mean, this, we have <laughs> okay. never seen, we have never seen a founder. Think about this. They put 15 or $17 billion now into the company and he's walking away 
with somewhere between two and a half and three billion of that for taking a company up and down layoffs. Two, think if two thousand people laid off, they had to pay Adam Newman. Think about how just crazy this is. They had to pay Adam Newman eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars per employee they're laying off, such that they could secure the funding to then give those two thousand people what fifty or a hundred thousand dollars in severance. I mean, this is yep. this will go down. The real loser here is. My, Saudis. Uh, well, well, you know something? Okay, so this is my theory. I know I'm babbling on. The real losers, Masayoshi Son and SoftBank, that have just lost all credibility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm convinced, I'm convinced, and I'm becoming more of a conspiracy theorist as I get older. Oh, no. That the Central Intelligence Agency decided that the best way to emasculate the power of the Gulf was to bankrupt them. And what they did was they said, okay, Masayoshi, they got something on Masasan, and they said, you're going to convince the Saudis to, because of this incredibly lucky, biggest, best investment in history, your investment in Alibaba, they, for $20 million, you got like, I don't know, something like $100 billion. You're going to convince them to give you $45 billion. We're going to play. We're going to leverage the Jesus complex, the total lack of self-awareness and tone-deaf demeanor of Silicon Valley venture capitalists and entrepreneurs, and you are literally going to burn $40 billion of their money. You're going to create war and agita within the families in the empire, in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, because the one thing, you know— Okay, that's a—I cons- totally. see where you're going. And basically, it's working. Right, Masayoshi San well, okay. is Chris an Anderson. asset. He's an asset of the Central Intelligence an, Agency. All right, okay, all right. Chris Anderson—he is not an asset. Chris Anderson, uh, former Wired editor, goes, but if you think of WeWork as a massive transfer of wealth from Saudi oh, Arabia to an Israeli entrepreneur via an ethnic Korean-Japanese visionary, it's really a heartwarming story of cross-cultural trade worthy of model UN. That was that was the best tweet. That was absolutely the best tweet of the week. That was fantastic. So where's it going to go from here? Let's let's we're going to get to Google quantum computing computing in a minute. Um, what what where does it go from here? He just takes his money and becomes the most like he's sort of the the wandering Travis Kalanick, the next version of like having all this money and walking away with it. Or what happens to him? He just has his money and he does something. Oh, else, Oh, he's right? about to get some serious hate. I mean, at least the people mm-hmm. at tra- at least the people at Uber. Got to cash out something. It's still a company incredibly overvalued. Right. I mean, to a certain extent, Uber is the reason that we got – Uber was the fire that breached the firewall. Investors got burned, and they said – they saw this other blazing firestorm coming. They said, no, we're not – close the doors. We're not letting this happen. I don't know what happens to him, although I think it involves lawsuits. But he's played this, I mean, beyond perfect. There will be case studies on what a disaster right. this was and how he showed a certain right. level of crazy and bravado to get the best deal in the history of business. But okay. the big – okay, so what do you have here? You have a company – if they can cut costs fast enough, it'll be a nice differentiated co-working company worth 3 to $5 billion, maybe seven. So mm-hmm. SoftBank's not going to get their money back. This is the most expensive face-saving move in history. This is the most expensive kicking the can down the road because this thing st- still could involve a restructuring in Q4 of 21. The the obviously the losers here the people being laid off at one mm-hmm. you know one four thousandth of the severance payment their 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 leader got you're going to have every private market unicorn over a billion dollars has lost 30 to 70% of its value in the last 45 days. Yeah. But the yeah. the good news that might come out of this is what this really is is a cautionary tale around dual class shareholder companies. Because yep, yep. effectively, 100%. the investors— That is my column next week for the New York oh, Times. Right, I just keep banging against it. I keep banging against this idea of why they need to have total control. Well, do-class shareholder companies don't matter until they matter. As long as everything's fine, right, they're exactly. fine. But the problem is when you give one individual total control, he can be someone who's responsible for the destruction of value. He can be someone who's 
who's who's well, they always matter scott i don't think it matters until it matters i think it always matters because it always it like look look with, with facebook this week and, and and he just flummoxed it in congress we'll get to that in a second but uh you know he they get to do anything they want and then they get to do anything they want yeah. uh, anytime including burn the, the village to save it them. and and show up yeah. and say i'm crazy and i'm I got a bomb strapped to my vest, and I'm going to blow up the whole thing unless you give me exactly what I want. Yeah. And let's move on from the terrorist. Uh, I'm watching in, too much Homeland. Yeah, I'm going to get a lot of shit. Okay, for that. all right, they're not nice. People. All right, we're going to move on to the next story. Google unveils its quantum computer. The big brain strikes again. What does again. that mean? They're quant. Well, let me explain. Okay, go the ahead. Sycamore solved a 10,000-year problem in seconds. Sundar Pichai, the CEO of Google, compared the achievement to building the first rocket to leave the Earth's atmosphere and touch the edge of space. So what does it mean? What does it mean? What does it open up to? The quantum, this is what the New York Times says, a quantum machine could one day drive big advances in areas like artificial intelligence and make even the most powerful supercomputer look like toys. They could compute everything. There's so much data in this world. They could just compute the hell out of things, I Yeah, guess. but what, so I, what my question for you is, as is, is a tech journalist, yeah. is I understand it's a big deal. I understand the notion of faster processing p- uh, speeds. Mm-hmm. And everyone says, oh, the ultimate, the ultimate test here is the ability to predict the weather because no one can do that. But what does that mean? Yeah. Bring it down to... You and me. Does it mean better, better autonomous driving? What do, does it mean? Skynet. Yes, that's a very good example. I'll give just. We don't know. Like, here's a lot of examples. Like the calculations. Quant, uh, quantum computing needs to be used. I had, did a really good interview with the CTO of Ford. If you're going to have uh, autonomous vehicles all over the place, it's a massive computing problem that is so complex right. and so so many variables. You need quantum computing to be able to make the calculations necessary for the, those those systems to work. That's a, that's a that's a highly complex that people are applying it to, but. There's all kinds of cancer research. Um, weather is another thing. Um, all kinds of things. It has lots of inputs of data that are random and stuff. And so it just it, it can make these calculations in ways that we that are heretofore not, you know, like toys, like they are. They're they're um, you know, and again, it further de it's 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 a further downgrading of humanity. That's what I say. It's the upgrading of computers and the downgrading of humanity. That's what's but, my, well, my question for you is, and I have a view on this, but a lot of people think at right. some point processing speed and quantum computing that turns into artificial intelligence, that there might be an actual point where these machines become sentient and they make a decision about a billionth of a second that other than In-N-Out Burger and Breaking Bad, the species adds no value and it turns on us. Do you think that's a... no, it doesn't. Yeah. No, it doesn't turn us. Here's here's what I have interviewed Elon Musk about yeah. this and many other people. Yeah. He compares it to, um, you know, I just saw the new Terminator movie with Linda Hamilton and it's so good. Um, uh it, it, what it is 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 they he called it we they treat us like house cats like they don't want to kill us it's not a terminator like uh, future it's more that we're like house cats and and that's why he's moving into this putting computers in your brains and things like that um and and recently when i saw him he he compared it more towards if we're building a highway and we run over an anthill we don't really pay attention to the anthill we just but we don't purposely go let's run over that anthill we don't just it just is in the way and so anything in the way is a is what would do but them becoming like these robotic terminator things seems far-fetched okay it's, that it's made absolutely sci-fi. no fucking sense what you just said there yes, i'm more confused no, it doesn't. Cats, it just, you're like an anthill like when when you cross it when you cover walk over an anthill you don't think about it right. it's in your way but you don't like it depends purposely if i just got out of my yoga class 
All right, but you don't seek out. You might seek out an anthill, I'm guessing. But okay. most people, when they're building a highway, they just plow on through, right. and they don't think of the ants or what anything else. What does that have else. to do with supercomputing? So Quantum computing? Because it will plow on through. It doesn't it won't it won't think, oh, I'm gonna get the humans. The humans aren't a problem to the computer until they're a problem. I'm literally more worried. They're in now. The way. Your explanation has scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. We're like they'll either feed us and if we don't feel like feeding us, they, they don't care. They don't care. They don't care about you, Scott. Right. They have That's to have really an, what, they, what they don't have, if, in my understanding, yeah. is what they don't have and no amount of processing power can provide is yeah. intention. Somebody programming yes. it has to have an intention. They don't care. They're indifferent. What they yes. always will have and never have, and the difference between them and indifference, is they have um, no intention, and they have no, and what they are is they're indifferent. It's like I'll just do what the program tells me. Indifferent. The way I feel about you sometimes. Oh no, God! No. Come on! <laughs> come on! All right. Listen, we're moving on to Elon Musk. We're moving fast this week. Okay. All right, Tesla. With the earnings report, the release marks the first financial report from the company without co-founder and former CTO J.B. Strobel at this helm with Musk. This quarter showed revenue of $6.3 billion versus an expected $6.33 billion. Uh, back in April, you said it was about to become undone and fall apart, especially because a bunch of key players left the company. But what do you think? Where are you with Tesla? This, with this prediction you made back in April. There's just no the, getting the around it. Off. I got this wildly wrong. In March of this year at South by Southwest, I said that this was the year yes. that Tesla was going to come undone. The stock was at 300 and immediately dove to 200. And I thought the dog was 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 about to earn mm-hmm. a pig's beer, a pig's ear. I thought I'd gotten this one right. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the, start, the stock started recovering. And their earnings yesterday, there's just no doubt about it. They blew away. Everything except for production yep. metrics, they're, they were profitable. The profitability was up. It looks like they're getting scale. So there's just there's just no getting around it. I got this one wrong. Congratulations so to Tesla. So what, what is where do you think it's going? So I have it's just been car. so wrong on Tesla. Um, but I, you know, you know what it is. It's it's confirmation mm-hmm. bias, and that is, as someone I do value corporate governance, and I feel like the corporate governance mm-hmm. is so bad here. I keep yeah. kind of hoping it'll catch up to them, and it it so far it it. It hasn't, and I, I'm reconnecting with an old mentor of mine from San Francisco, a guy named Paul Stevens, who founded the investment bank Robertson Stevens, and is just a very, a very decent man, and is one of these guys I really benefited from as a young man who, for whatever reason, took an interest in me. Uh, but he always said to me, he's been listening to my kind of my bearish views on Tesla. And he said, Scott, never bet against a company that has a great product. And that kind of stuck with me. Yeah. He told me that about a month ago. And he's right. It does have a great product. It does have a great brand. I still think the company is wildly overvalued. But there's just, look, this yeah. is their day. They blew away the earnings. The millions of fake Twitter accounts uh, all being run by Tesla longs. I'm going to hear from them, and they're going to rub it in my face. <laughs> and to a certain extent, I deserve it. They, the stock is back all where right, it was. All right, good. Oh, so you're taking your, you're taking your list. Yeah, I deserve it on this one. Well, here's the deal. You know, they still have – you're right. The corporate governance thing is just incredible. And I do hear from – I ran into someone at our event from uh, – in, in 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 at Stanford who worked there and it was like he's such a jerk. Like it's still the – it's still a really – he's really quite a – quite a piece of work there at Tesla. At the same time, it's a great product. People love it. My brother has one. He drove it down to Stanford. Um, so it really is. It's a great product. You're right. And so the question is, can he keep it uh, on 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 track, really? That's really... But it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. You know what we should do? You and me and Elon should go see Porsche versus, Porsche versus Ford. That will be with I Matt told Damon you. I'm done. Day. My new motto is, uh, because, because I know you, I keep getting contacted by what I'll affectionately call all these powerful old white men who want to meet with me because I'm saying <laughs> – I'm saying negative things <laughs> about do. them, so they think, well, if I could just meet Scott, he would love me and stop trashing me. 
I've decided I, <laughs> I've spent too much of my life meeting with powerful white men. I'm going to start, I'm spending all my time meeting with young and the possible. I am done meeting with the old and the powerful. So no, I have no desire right. to hang okay. out with Elon. I'll do that for you. All right. Okay, fine. It's just a movie, for goodness sake. It's yeah. just a movie. We have some popcorn. Yeah. It's fine. Oh, by the way, because um, I know just, you, just because, <laughs> literally because yeah. I know you, I got invited to the premiere of that new Apple Tackles Me Too series with Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. Good. You going to that? You should go to that. Uh, oh, yeah. I'll go. Definitely. The dog, you the dog likes Jennifer to Aniston. put on his nice outfit every once in a while. <laughs> it's going to, yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. You know, the thing you do now is you don't go to them after you're invited. Let me just, I'm going to teach oh, you Oh, you're showing me what it's like to be, say, uh, like, really important? No. I'm sort of new yes. money. I'm new money important. No. Is that what you're saying? I'm new money yeah, important? Yeah, exactly. You'll go. You'll show up and be eager at these parties. So here's, I'm going to teach you a little thing, and then we're going to go to break. I'm going to teach you a little oh thing. God. When you invite to important things, you go like this. You go, no. No? Like that. You go, no. That sounds no, like it involves like a look. Yeah, you go, no. no. And then they're like, oh, are you busy? And you go, no. no. And they go, you don't want to come? And you go, uh-huh, like that, okay? We'll be right back with more Pivot, and Scott can take a break in Florida. There you go. Welcome back to Pivot. Scott, we're going to hear from a Pivot friend. We have so many smart Pivot friends before we get to wins and fails. So by this time next week, November 1st, Apple will have launched its own streaming service. They're debuting with their own content with some megastars like Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. This said party you're going to. Please try to leave them alone, Scott, when you go. We asked Peter Kafka, senior reporter of Recode and host of the Recode podcast, Recode Media, to sum up the state of streaming wars as things start to ramp up. Everyone is chasing Netflix. Netflix, is not, they're not ahead of the pack. They've lapped the pack. They're just around, around the track many times. They're at 160 million subscribers worldwide, right in front of the big media companies, and they haven't answered back. This is the year they're doing it. This is the year that Disney says, all right, we're changing our business model, and we're going to compete directly with Netflix. This is the year that Apple who's been dancing around TV for years and unsuccessfully trying to get into it and false starts and stops says, all right, we're going to try it too. And by the way, even for Apple, it's, it's kind of a toe in the water. It's billions of dollars, but it's just a toe in the water for them. So everyone's chasing them. Everyone's trying to compete with them. They're so far ahead. Um, even though they're under a lot of pressure, it's going to be a long time before we actually see any sort of effect from Apple and Disney, et cetera, going after them. Kara and Scott, you guys are smart people. You're also people who like to watch TV, you like to watch videos. Where are you going to spend your money, and who do you think is going to win? Wow. Wow, Scott. So you start, Karen. All right, I'm going to start. I'm going to start. I, I spend it everywhere. I don't pick. I, right. I, I do it on the show. Like, I watched. I do get HBO because I love Succession. I wa tried Watchmen, which I didn't like as much as I thought, but I'm going to stick with it because I love a Regina uh, King. Um, you know, so I, 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 I watch Hulu if the thing is on Hulu. I don't think about it at all. Like, I just don't think about it at all. I, I'm not brand— sensitive to it. And I think I will buy each of each of the, the individual. I have a Hulu account. I have a Netflix account. I have a, a HBO. Um, and I might have a Disney if they have the movies I want. But if they happen to be on Comcast for free, I'll wherever I can get the content is where I get them. So that's how I feel about it. But I do like Netflix, and I'm always interested in the shows they put up. And whenever I see something cool, it always turns out to be a Netflix thing. That's interesting. So there you have it. Yeah, the um, so first off, with respect to the Watchmen, it's just it's just cool to see DJ. That's what I call him, Don Johnson, mm -hmm. working again. That's, that's I know him. You know, do that? you know him? Is, is he? I, I get the sense I he's a do. nice guy. Is he a nice guy? 
He's a lovely yeah. guy. He was the parent of friends of mine. They were all in school together, and I've been to several, like, parent-type like things with him. And he's just fantastic as a person. Oh, that's nice. That's so nice I, to hear. I may give you his email. And you know what? He's a, oh, he's a, he's a, I think he's also a good actor. Anyway, so, yeah. like, you're right. I think a lot of this is additive. People, for five bucks, just some of the big-name big name high-production value you can expect from Apple, people, I think a lot of people will add on. Everyone's saying – that Netflix is going to be the big loser here. But what people fail to realize is the majority – Netflix is going to live and die by their international growth because the reality is domestically everybody already has Netflix. Yep. And it's unlikely you're going to swap out Netflix for Apple or Hulu or Amazon Prime. What The bigger picture story here and, and arguably Tim Cook who's added $600 billion in market value, who's taken a ton of barrage for not coming up with the iPhone. But the reality is the iPhone 11 – it's just a different product than the iPhone was five years ago. So I would argue he's innovated like mm -hmm. crazy. But what they're doing here is if you think Netflix has 150 million members, um, I think Amazon Prime, I don't know how many Amazon Prime, it's 77% of households. I don't know what that is. It translates in terms of people. But potentially with, with Apple TV, it's not an attempt to go into the streaming wars as much as it is an attempt to change the complexion of their business and move from a transactional company to a recurring revenue company. And if they take Arcade, Apple Plus, their 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 news clipping service, I, uh, not, not iTunes, excuse me, Apple Music, they killed iTunes. And then they add an Apple Plus and figure out a way to give it to everybody for a year, which they're doing with every purchase of an iPhone and then get people to renew. They could have the mother of all recurring. What's the word? What's the word, Kara? Rundle. Rundle. There's my girl. <laughs> They could have a, mem a corporate membership program with a half a billion people, and that is sec that would be yeah. second only to the ultimate rundle, which is Microsoft Office, which has even more than that. So, what is Tim Cook, probably the smartest operator in the world right now, saying? You know what? We're at a point where everyone has an iPhone. We've tapped up, tapped out on all the globally affluent. So we're going to take the same level of top line revenue with modest growth. And we're going to transition it from a transactional business to a recurring revenue business, and we're going to increase the stock price 50%. By the way, Fang, not performing that well except for the eh, the Apple. Apple is up like crazy this year. I think Apple's up 50, 56% this year. Mm -hmm. So Tim Cook, mm -hmm. uh, Apple, t you know, Apple, Apple TV Plus is not a streaming thing. That's, not, that's the small picture. The big picture here, here is another piece in the puzzle to move to the second largest rundle in history just behind Microsoft Office from All right, Apple. Good. All right, but doesn't it doesn't it depend on the content? I think one of the things we have to think about is the actual content and and, and where content creators want to go. So Netflix attracted Shonda Rhimes, has attracted Ryan uh, Ryan Murphy, um, all kinds of people. So I think it's where the content is created. And look, Amazon ha has Jennifer Salky there, who they hired for NBC. Um, they've got their their stuff. You know, you have you have all kinds. And Google sort of is YouTube has not really entered the picture in any significant way, although they've certainly tried around the edges. I just don't think they've jumped jumped in in quite the way that. Others have. Um, I think it's still going to be hard to beat Netflix at this point, although Disney certainly, I, I think Bob Iger is super aggressive um, in these efforts. I think this is super important to him. Um, and and I do agree with you on Apple. I just, I just again, their they're, they're, culture, even though they've hired some really interesting people to do this stuff, is not interested in this stuff. It, that's the only thing I would say. But the delivery system is great, and you certainly would use it if it was there. But I do want to give kudos to Netflix for constantly innovating yeah. and being just like having everybody, like Peter says, everyone is chasing them, and they deserve the kudos they get for what they've created. I, I think Reed Hastings is one of my uh, 
I, I, I really admire what they've done there. Yeah, it's 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 um it's apps. It's it's absolutely incredible. And you said, where does the talent go? The talent goes two places. It goes to Benjamin's, in other words, goes to the highest bidder, or yeah. it goes to HBO. What HBO has done that's so impressive yep. is a fraction of the budget. They continue to attract um, the best talent because it's almost like yes, what, what PBS used to be. People used to do stuff at PBS yep. for a lot less money because of the prestige factor. HBO is now the new PBS in that people will take a huge cut in salary or they'll always show up. Al Pacino isn't going to Netflix. I don't, I don't care how much they pay him. He'll do yeah. something mm-hmm. with HBO, though. I don't know. There's a lot of people over at Netflix. Yeah. You'd be surprised how many people yeah. go over Netflix. Fair in enough. any case, it's a good time for content makers. We should have a show. Oh, we should a, make a show. It's a good a, time a for content uh, content consumers. Yeah. Consumers oh, you're right. Yes, 100%. Makers. I mean, even you, like, I know yeah. we're bragging out. You and I have been approached about doing a TV show which shows you how much yeah. money is out there and how many leads they're chasing down. Yes. We're like the we work of content, though. Oh, That's God. how it's going to go down. There you go. <laughs> I like it. There's going to be parties. I still haven't read about these sex parties that someone mentioned at Stanford. Yeah, you better I haven't heard about that read either. Up on that for me. I, don't I didn't either. either. Yeah, we're not doing those. Anyway, by the way, Peter Kafka is hosting his annual Code Media Conference in Los Angeles in November. We have a link to tickets in our show notes. Now let's get back to wins and fails. That guy, Peter Kafka, right? is going to be yeah. like, I'm going to be found in a hot tub with my Kabbalah spiritual advisor, and that person will be Peter Kafka. <laughs> that guy could. That guy just makes me feel more calm. Every time I talk to him, I feel like I just feel more zen about everything. Do you? He's okay. so calming. Seriously. That guy's like a, really? that guy's like a giant okay. foot rub collided with a priest. Oh, I don't know. He's I've so never heard nice. anyone describe Peter Kafka that way. But okay. Okay. I'm glad that I it's nice. I find him very okay, calming, all right, okay. very relaxing. All right. Good. Well, you know what? We all find our people. You know, that's a really important it, it, thing. Like, I'll in see him case. and he'll be like, he'll be like, Scott, I love your work and how are you, buddy? And I'm like, oh, Peter. Oh, no, Hold just, me, Peter. Oh, yeah. Wins and loses. Wins. <laughs> Go to his conference. Has great people. John Stanky is there. Tig Nataro is there. There's all kinds of really cool people he's brought together in Los Angeles. Anyway, uh, listen. Wins. I'm going to go first yeah. with wins. Okay. The women of Congress. I'm going to say the ladies, oh, wow. but you know, Representative Katie Porter, uh, AOC, asking Zuckerberg uh, stuff at the um, at the at the at the event. Uh, I just have to say, it's a huge. When he really got owned by uh, Representative Acasio and Representative Porter, let's play uh, uh, play each of them. Do you see a potential problem here with a complete lack of fact-checking on political advertisements? Well, Congresswoman, I think lying is bad, and I think if you were to run an ad that had a lie, that would be bad. That's different from it being uh, from it from for in our position the right thing to do to prevent. Uh, your constituents or people in an election from seeing that you had lied. Um, so we can, so you won't take down lies or you will take down lies? I think it's just a pretty simple yes or no. And now here's our Representative Katie Porter asking Zuckerberg if he would spend one hour a week moderating content on Facebook. Would you be willing to commit to spending one hour a day for the next year watching these videos and acting as a content monitor and only accessing, accessing the same benefits available to your workers? Uh, Congresswoman, we, we work hard to make sure that we give good benefits to all the folks who are doing I, this. Mr. Zuckerberg, reclaiming my time, I would appreciate a yes or a no. Uh, would con- you be willing to act as a content monitor uh, to have that life experience? I'm not sure that it would best serve our community for me to spend 
that much Reclaiming time. Reclaiming my time, Mr. Zuckerberg. I, I, I spent a lot so I think this was just, these were really great questions. I think they they zoned in very quickly, um, zeroed in, excuse me, uh, on on the problems, and he was unable to answer it. I found him incredibly unprepared for this for this hearing because I think he thought it was going to be about Libra, which he couldn't talk about, and he was going to sail out of there like last time, and he could, you know, he, he could, he, 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 these people were prepared and ready to rumble, and I thought it was great. Yeah, and here's the thing. There, it wasn't that he did poorly. It's that there is no right answer for doing something that is blatantly wrong. And that is their argument yeah. is that by allowing people to post false advertisements with misinformation, and misinformation has ramifications, that they are their argument is they're creating discourse. And that's just a ridiculous argument. What they're creating is discourse that is unproductive, false, misleading, and divisive. And there's just, it's indefensible given their history that they would not. And she absolutely kind of saw this, saw this, this open gashing wound of hypocrisy and mm -hmm. inconsistency. And here's the bottom line. Every decision, every narrative, every talking point, we want to give people voice, we want to create discourse, is created by a corporate communications department of 750 people with one objective, and that is say whatever we need to say such that we can continue to cash anybody's check. That's all it is. Every, mm -hmm. and by the way, the other interview that got kind of overshadowed by this was Katie Couric's interview of Sheryl Sandberg. But yep. every yep. and that okay. where she you make that your win then. Well, she Go promoted ahead. she promoted Sheryl uh, uh, Sandberg promoted this junk science that said when people go on Facebook, they end up being exposed more to both sides. The twenty four percent of the content they see is from the both sides. That is such junk science. Every piece of academic research shows the more time you spend on Facebook, the more polarized you get, the more you enter into your own filter bubble, even if it's false information. And the algorithms recognize you don't want discourse that we're tribal, that you want to go to one pole or the other so that you can get angrier and angrier, and it's terrible for society. And in my win, it's literally as if you kind of read my mind. We have one, one mind on this. My win was or is Representative Maxine Waters, the chairman of the House Financial Services Committee, and also a shout-out to the ranking member Patrick McHenry from North Carolina. But I thought the hearing was exactly what it was supposed to be. Yeah. I thought it was respectful. Exactly. I thought it's interesting. The Republicans kind of took the side of, you know, the idolatry of innovators, leave him alone, he's an innovator, although most of them can't actually describe what innovation is. There's, in my opinion, there needs to be more innovation at the Department of Justice and, and the FTC. But, and I thought, I thought these, these uh, like you said, this, this hearing did exactly what it was supposed to do. And also, exactly. I, thought, I thought Mark Zuckerberg did as good a job as he could, given that he has to lie and he has to support a corrupt organization. I do not. I, I think he. I yes, he did as good as he could. But the fact of the matter is, these these people own. He couldn't answer. That's exactly what I'm. I have a column coming out right like now in the in the New York Times talking about. They think in a binary term, which is. Um, they cannot. They, they, that's why that speech last week drove me so crazy that he did it, Georgetown. It was like either free speech or China, right. or free speech or chaos. And I, I'm like, there. It's so complex. And what they did, which which I think Porter did when she was talking about content moderators, AOC, which when she was talking about uh, ads, uh, Maxine Waters, any of them. And it was fascinating. It was all three women doing most of the really hard questions. Um, they were pointing out how complex this is. And the same thing last week with Bernice King, the daughter of Martin Luther King. Mark used uh, a quote by Martin Luther King in, in his speech. And she was like, oh, no, my friend. 
that is not what my father said, and that is not what he meant, and he was very hurt by disinformation from other politicians. So I think it's the complexity is what's hard for these people, making it—because binary is the way they like. Reductive and twitchy is what they like. And so, you know, that's what's hard here is that it is complex, and, and they have been hiding in the complexity by saying, well, it could go this way, it could go that way, when you can just make simple decisions and— and 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 just pick a pick a lane, like, and this is the way we're going to be, and so that's what they were pointing out. I thought that was great. Yeah, I thought it was. So, I thought it was. So that this was feeds great. right what, into my fail. What is your? That's your fail. Well, what, what I is just want to highlight. We always talk about uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg, but this company has a board of directors. So Peggy Alford recently joined, I believe, the board of directors. So Peggy, mm-hmm. your your refusal or your continued um, enabling of these of this company's perversion of our democracy that you have clearly benefited uh, from, I see above you're on the board of Facebook. Mark Andreessen, you are in fact attacking or ripping at the fabric of our society by enabling these two. Ken Chanal, who I know and I think is a very decent man. Ken, I'm incredibly disappointed that you have not done anything uh, uh, to encourage these people and the organization to take this cycle off, given the fact that we already see a perversion and damage of our democracy happening again. Susan Desmond Hellman, what are you thinking, Susan, not ref- or enabling or continuing to be a co-conspirator in the slow erosion of our democracy by enabling these two to continue to take money for false ads? Peter Thiel, I don't even know what to say to Peter. Uh, you know, par for the course here. Jeffrey Zintz, I don't know who you are, Jeffrey, but you are on the board Obama, of a company, Obama former person. Obama person. Way to go, uh, folks. You are, in fact, going to, this is, we know what's going to happen. It's already happening. They're going to find out that either voter suppression or misleading ads, and what do you know, it was a net negative for what is what is a key component of our society that all of you have benefited from, and that is safe and fair elections. We know it's not going to go well. And rather than sitting out this election cycle, you've decided to cash that check so you can get a little bit richer. And I think all of these people are absolutely complicit in what is one of the most outrageous infractions of justice, something that at some point in retrospect will be seen as a crime by sitting on your hands. And then they all throw up their arms and say, well, we couldn't do anything why? Because Mark Zuckerberg had super voting shares. All it takes is one well, of you to say, I am leaving the board unless we decide to not well, take political action. I think that sort ads. of happened. I, they, they, what they do is they go quiet. I think Reed Hastings and Erskine Bowles just left. I think I, I, what they do is they try to do this, and we got to then wrap up for, for another ad and then get back with predictions. But what they try to do, and I just did an interview with Gary Cohen, it's like, you don't know what was said in the room. I didn't say something I was talking to him about Charlottesville, and he's like, I maybe hypothetically I said something in another private room. And I'm sort of like, I'm done with private rooms, like saying being angry at Mark Zuckerberg in a private room. I think public uh, is the way to go. I, anyway, we have to take a break. We'll be back after this with predictions. Okay, we're back. Let's get to predictions. Scott, obviously, you predicted a whole lot about WeWork. What else have you got? What have you done for us lately, Scott? Yeah, other you than— You know, now that you have this vaunted position as a predictor— Other than be wrong. Uh, um, but, yeah, you, you're right more than wrong. But go ahead. So, yeah, the, the, what, I'm doubling down. You have um, you have 50 points of share between um, Bernie Sanders and— um, Joe Biden. And I think that that is all going to go somewhere else in the next 60 days. 
So I'm doubling down. I, I think in the next 30 days, and I don't know if it's going to be, it'll probably be worn, but I think there's a decent chance that the front runner in the Democratic primary is going to be a name we're not talking about a lot. And I said the same thing in our, our podcast last week, but or earlier this week, but I think Mayor Pete is about to surge and or yep. we're going to have a new entrant. I mean, even uh, Hillary Clinton's talking about getting back in the race, Mayor Bloomberg, or an unknown. But this thing is a lot more wide open than, than, than people think because the reality is a lot of us watch the Democratic debates and we just sort of go, meh. It's just – it's, you know, there's a All lot right. of... Ins- so who, of, of those people, you discussed this last week, though, who, I want you, a, a person, I want a prediction, which of those, who's going to enter if you had to pick one, and I will shall pick one, and we'll see who's correct. So the, the um, I'm not, I'm, the, the reality is I don't know. Um, I, I'm not willing to make but a that's prediction. Not a, that's not an answer. Okay, but... I need you to make my one. prediction. My prediction is the, the biggest winner of the next 30 days is going to be Mayor Pete. Okay, and then who would enter... Have you had to pick? Uh, I, so I'm going with other. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think. I think Hillary. I think uh, the Secretary Clinton. Um, I, I think she's going to get. Kerry. Oh gosh! I, or you know, someone even said Al Gore. Um, I. Yeah, I want to flip this to you. you you're obviously pregnant. Like you're pregnant Al. with a prediction. Pregnant with a prediction. Uh, I, I have told you. I already made mine with Bloomberg, but Bloomberg I think he's going to choke. He's a choker. When you he's but when choker. you say choker, you mean someone who decides not to do it, right? Yeah, he does. He like mulls, mulls, mulls. He does polls, and then he doesn't do yeah, it. Yeah, he right. He's did it several but, uh, times. On the other hand, he's a choker. I don't know if it's a choker to be worth sixty billion dollars, be seventy-seven, spend half your year in London, and decide. You know what? I don't need this. Yeah, shit. but he was mayor of New York. He loved it. It's the best time of his life. Yeah, he'd have a great time to be president. I hope you're right. He'd have a hope great. So, time. but but he's not going to. So do who do you it. think's getting choker. in? Someone's going to – the new person's going to come nobody. in. Nobody. I think none of the – I think you're wrong, yeah. and I think nobody is. I think this is the field. This is this is the field is we the have. Field. And so uh, I think I think Biden is going to have a surge. That's what I think. You think Biden's going to have a surge? Biden. I'm going with a Biden surge, yes. Yeah, that's just because lucky your mom likes Joe, right? No, no. I just have a feeling that Biden's going to have a surge. That's all I'm saying. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we should revisit that because I think he's going to give up a lot of share. You think he's going to gain share. So we should time stamp, stamp I that. I think it's going to be Biden Klobuchar. Thank you. Wow. Amy, Senator Klobuchar. There yeah. you go. Okay. We're going to go. We got to go. go. I'm getting a look from the producers. Uh, I just Do you want to shoot us an email at pivot at voxmedia.com? And we're hiring a new producer for Pivot also. And you don't have to interview with Scott. That's the most important part of that. You don't have to that. be qualified. Please, <laughs> please apply at voxmedia.com slash careers. If you think you're the right person to join this crazy team, there's all kinds of fun. We are a fun gang. And Scott really is a quiet, introspective person. All the Chipotle you can eat. Stage. All the Chipotle you can eat. Anyway, Scott, please read the credits. Oh, we have credits. There's other people yeah. involved in this. Today's show was produced by Rebecca Sananis and Eric Johnson. Erica Anderson is Pivot's executive producer. Thanks also to Rebecca Castro, Drew Burrows, and Nishat Kurwa. Make sure you've subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts. And if you like this week's episode, leave us a review. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Box Media. We'll be back next week for another breakdown of all things tech and business. 